In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, Crazy Inmate, is the one and only... Moon Knight, wider than the mile. Is it mile or Nile? It's got to be Nile in Moon River, right? I would imagine with this one, it's Nile. I think Nile works. Oh, that works well. You're right. Because he's the Moon Knight. The Fist of Conchu. It's my inner witty podcaster coming out subconsciously, just hitting, you, just hitting yeah, all you the right even, references. You didn't even know it, buddy. Uh, so on the podcast today... Uh, you were tuning into the the Comic Exposure podcast, where we like to read comic books, and we read a trade or a graphic novel every other week. We bring a guest on to chat about that book, and today we are reading. Uh, we we read uh, Marvel comic Moon Knight, uh, Volume One, Lunatic, uh, by Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood, and the ever amazing colorist Jordi Belair on this bad boy, uh, plus a handful of other artists who helped at the very end uh, of issue five. So Michael Garland, uh, Francesco Fancavilla, and James Stokoe did the last did the last uh, the last issue on this one. They all kind of kind of took a piece of it. Uh, so this is the book. Our guest today, Travis, is a return guest, friend of the pod, a Twitter pal, Brent Jackson. Brent Jackson, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. I know you're excited to have me back in your earphones. I, I, I'm excited to have you back in my earphones because nothing sounds better than the than the soothing the soothing tones of a southern gentleman on our show, Brent. That's that's Fil- what we need. Oh, Filtered through the glorious technology of <laughs> Skype, which only enhances everything. <laughs> so, Brent, you've been on the show before. We've asked you. About your first exposure to comics, so I'm not going to do that. But here's what I want to know: When was the first Brent, time you... you exposed yourself to children? <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 that's no. Sorry, I, it's I don't know, man. It's the Netflix series. <laughs> Everything's getting really dark. I feel like as comic exposure, we have to keep up with the current trends. We have to get dark and gritty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Brent, here's my question for you. You've got yourself a little a little thing going on. You've been doing some comic book uh, reviews and some comic book like review writing, correct? Yes, sir. So, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, where where you're where you're at, and what you're doing. Oh well, first of all, I have to thank y'all for uh, kind of inspiring me to get. Uh, I was like, after being on the podcast, I was like, no, I should try to do something with comics or do whatever is so I did a quick uh, Google search, <laughs> comic reviews, writer wanted, and a little site popped up, uh, Word of the Nerd online, and I just sent him like a little resume. I don't have much of a resume, but I was like, I like comics and I'll write for you. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. So they sent me back. And uh, so I just, I started that like back in September, and uh, I've got, a, I do a bunch of reviews. Uh, articles i do some original articles and everything on uh, word of the nerd if you just go on there you'll type in my name you'll find a bunch of reviews follow me on twitter brent jackson 30 you can click on my profile link 
Instagram, Facebook. I pimp that out a lot. So it's it's uh, War the Nerd or Word War, Word Word. Word. Oh, word. like like word to your mother. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll link that in the show notes too, so you can find them real easy. Uh, Brent, how does that work? Like, do you get to pick the books that you want to review, or do they say, "Hey, we're dividing this up between our writers"? Brent, you get this book. You know, um, you have to read Optimus Archie sixty nine. You get this book. <laughs> uh, it's kind of dependent on how much, because it's all kind of like a volunteer based site. I don't get paid or anything, but we do get free comics, oh, digital. Shit. So, but uh, depending on how many uh, writers we have, I do. I'm the main comic writer, so we'll kind of like I'll post like on Facebook or on the webpage, like, "Hey, I'm reviewing such and such." Now we do have the uh, like we like to try to do more independent books than like maybe Marvel or DC, but mainly I just get to pick whatever I'm wanting to read that week and review. So it's not, unless there's something like. We get like some preview copies from Image sometimes, or some preview copies from some smaller publishers. Editor would be like, "Hey, we really need to review this." Now I've done that quite a few times. So, really so let, well, awesome. So, so let me ask you, Brett, what's your what's the best thing you think you've read that you that you got reviewed that you don't think you would have read without uh, doing this? Like something where you're like, "Hey, we need you to review this," and you're like super glad you reviewed it. What what's the best thing you think you've reviewed? On the site, I'm trying. There was a book, and I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, let me think of it. <laughs> I just threw you. I just threw you at, just threw it right now. Made it made a big <laughs> impression on him. Come on, you're in the biz now, Brent. You got to have these answers on the tip of your tongue. I think right. probably uh, there's a book by. Uh, Dynamite comic. Actually, it just came out. It's called uh, the Sword. I think it's a Swordmaster Sword Quest. Yes, it's a uh, based on uh, an Atari game that came out in the eighties. <laughs> and uh, it's, like, it's more of like this guy. He has uh, he finds out he has uh, some kind of lung cancer, lung disease, and but he was really big in this game when he was a kid. And it's actually, it's a, based on a true thing. The game said they were going to give away actual prizes, but then they went under, and they never gave out these actual prizes, and they're going to give away this big sword. So he finds out that he's dying of cancer. He, like, loses his job and stuff, moves in with his mom, and he finds all of his old stuff, and he's like, I want to get my friends back together. I'm going to go steal this sword. It's the whole, like, concept. Like, I would it's from Dynamite, and I would have never picked it up or anything, and that was probably the best. One that I probably would have never read, but after I read it, I was like, oh, I was like, that was actually. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking Josh, at it right now. I that, ca- yeah. Josh, that sounds like that comic was just personally written for you. It sounds <laughs> it like if you didn't know you wanted that, and as he was explaining that, I'm like, oh my God, did Josh write a comic book? Because that would be exactly <laughs> what you would do. So uh, that, my, that my, is one, fantastic. One last question on the reviews. I want to know this. Um, so now being in the. Um, uh, comic book critic, you know, environment. What's been the feedback on it? You know, because some uh, some segments of nerddom they can be a little bit more harsh. Um, uh, what kind of feedback are you get, getting, like in your comments or back to you? Is it a lot of people arguing with your opinion or seconding your opinion? Has anyone gotten really or has anything gotten really nasty on there? 
I haven't really got any. Uh, there's only been a few books that I've. I try to like when I review something. I usually review something that I like, so it usually gets good reviews. I've only actually reviewed like a couple of books that I was just like, "This is terrible." Like I don't like to be like super negative, so like if I start reading something, I'm like, "Oh, this is bad." I'm like, "I'm just not going to review it." And just God, but. Mainly, like, and I'll tag, like, if it's a good review, I'll tag the creators and stuff in it. And a lot of times I've been surprised from the response of uh, actually the creators, like, actually reading it and responding back to me, like, hey, thanks for saying this, or, like, responding back to actually my reviews and stuff. I was like, oh, I didn't think you actually, then you start to thank, you like, oh, crap, they're actually reading this. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I do, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Jeff Lemire is a cabbage head. never... <laughs> Cabbage <laughs> is that, isn't that from uh, Kids in the Hall? I feel like it should. I feel like it's offensive without being too offensive. Isn't know? cabbage? Isn't cabbage head from Kids in the Hall? Maybe I don't know. Who's watched Kids in the Hall in the last fifteen years? Again, <laughs> maybe it's stuck somewhere deep in in my subconscious. It's just coming out. Uh, and cabbage. It does. It sounds like something from Kids in the Hall. I I'm could on be very wrong. little sleep this week. I don't know how <laughs> how on point my references are going to be. We've already done Moon it, River and Cabbage Head. I don't know where this podcast is going to go. It is from it is from Kids in the Hall. I just nice. looked it up. Uh, it is literally he just has cabbage on his head and he's a real jerk. <laughs> so he like smokes a cigar and he's just an asshole to people. I remember Excellent. now. <laughs> Excellent. Deep cut. Maybe so, Lem- hey Lemire, I'm coming for you. <laughs> so, gentlemen, we're reading the book Moon Knight, and here's what I know. Uh, I don't know enough about Moon Knight. Uh, Travis, would you put yourself in that same camp? As the band Operation Ivy once said, all I know is that I don't know. All I know <laughs> is that I don't know nothing. Um, we are. You are full of, like, some wonderful <laughs> deep cuts today, dude. <laughs> so, Brent, this is why I am having you on. That's why I'm having you on. You have talked up this uh, this book every time I go like, hey, we should, you know, when it first came out, I read the first couple issues. You were reading it. Uh, and then I remember you like you, you, po- you were posting about it. And I said we were looking for a book. And, you, you know, you talked about like you talked about this one before. And so you're a Moon Knight guy, right? You know, you know, some Moon Knight stuff, right? I've got way too many back issues in Moon Knight. So. Yes. Wait, is there That's, such a thing as many back issues of Moon Knight? Because I, I'm the always first series ran like fifty issues. Wow, wow. See, I'm always aware. I'm aware of Moon Knight because I th- always thought as a kid his design was really badass. Uh, like the, the character, and you'd always see him. And I think I even have some one-off Moon Knights that I picked up just because I'm like, this looks badass. But as I started the book, I'm like, I don't know the Moon Knights like origin story like so brent can you explain to us this character's origin story from your previous readings of the the character yeah uh, basically uh you got mark specter who's ex-mercenary or ex-marine ex-mercenary and uh basically he's in the marines got discharged and he started doing mercenary work and uh he's working with this guy named Bushman, which is his main protagonist, bad guy, whatever. But uh, they're working in kind of Egypt, Middle East area. And he had basically is the guy, Bushman, they had kind of get in with this archaeologist. And they, he decides that, oh, I'm going to steal all their stuff. And 
kill uh, one of the girls, the girl in the book, Marlene. And basically, he betrays... Uh, Mark doesn't like that. He's like, oh, we can't kill innocent people. So they basically leave him for dead in, in this in this Egyptian uh, grave or temple or whatever you call it, pyramid. And it's Kanashu, the moon god. And he, and in some things, he resurrects him or you don't know if he resurrects him. Is he just crazy? Does he resurrect him? They kind of start playing. They don't really play with that until later on, but really he resurrects him. And then he goes and he starts using Moon Knight as his superhero name. Then he uses, uh, he kind of goes by Mark by some people. Then he creates an alter ego, a millionaire with money that he got from doing mercenary work, uh, Stephen Grant, to kind of infiltrate the upper echelon, the rich people. And then he creates another identity, Jake Lockley, a cab driver, so he can be kind of in the lower ends and on the streets. And then he has, of course, his other personality, Moon Knight. So he has all these personalities. So that's where the kind of multiple personality thing comes mm-hmm. from. Yeah. But when he was first actually created, he was created as the bad guy for on Werewolf by Night by the committee. And they just kind of create him as a moon guy that has silver weapons. And they didn't add all that backstory until he kind of became popular in the late 70s, early 80s. So he actually got a backstory. So he started out as a bad guy, but then he teamed up with World One Night, defeated the committee, got popular, and kind of bounced around like that. And they gave him a put in that backstory. So it okay. So we we've got Moon Knight. Uh, I someone said on Brett, you and I, 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 I was like, I'm really glad that Brett knows knows about Moon Knight because I don't know anything about it. I put it on Twitter, and someone had tweeted to me like, he's just Marvel's Batman. But he's crazy, and you're like, oh no 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 no, there's way more to it than that. Yeah, I never, I like, I get the Batman connection that now. I think the main Bat connection comes from the uh, in the book, some of the, some of the older books. He had what they called a moon copter. That, uh, <laughs> his friend driving, he throws uh, moon darts or like moon things. Other than he has a cape. I guess that's where moon the Batman orange. connection. I believe they call yeah. them moonerangs. <laughs> I, I love a good moon ring. The Batman connection. I never really got the Batman connection that much. Is he a, I like he a Playboy too, because they mentioned Playboy uh, in this, like his yeah, millionaire his, one. Yeah, his Stephen that Stephen Grant persona. Yeah, that was a millionaire Playboy. That's very Batmany. That's kind of Batmanish. But I do love that Moon Knight's costume would never. It doesn't hide him anywhere at night, right? Like. Yeah. If, if he's out running around, everybody's going to see him. And I think yeah. he's okay with that. Yeah, there's actually a good line in the series that came before this, the one that uh, uh, the first six issues, Warren Ellis wrote it, and uh, I think Declan Shelby and Belair were on art and colors on that. And, like, he has a line that says, like, uh, he says uh, something along the lines of, why do you think I wear white? He's like, I want to see, I want you to see me coming. I kind of like that. Scare people before you get there. There's a line. There's a throw-off line in this where he says something like that, too. Like, they could see you coming. He goes, good. I like it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got this. We've got this book that by uh, that there is not a lot uh, for guys like me and Travis to kind of go, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) But 
it is it is kind of this all over the place sort of trippy uh, story. Um, Travis, have you ever seen the movie? Uh, one, have you watched um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and then what's the one where it goes backwards? Oh, uh, uh, Memento. No, yeah, Memento. Yes, you know yes, that one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This reminds me very much of of like Memento a little bit. Little one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It is. It is definitely sort of this this trip that you're on, right? That that's very. You know, it it's hard to tell you're at. Um, I love me some Jeff Lemire. We've read some Jeff Lemire on the podcast before. Uh, great writer, doing a bunch of stuff. He's just writing everything right now, right? He, uh, he's he's doing some he's doing some good stuff. Then uh, Greg Smallwood, I think, really he's just done Moon Knight, and then really before that, uh, he did one book on Dark Horse. So he did some of the art on Moon Knight, not with Ellis, but who who wrote it after Ellis? It was uh, there's like, I think it was Cullen Bunn. I don't think was it Cullen Bunn or Brian. Oh crap! Now I. <laughs> But it like he's been on it since Declan Shelvy Declan Shelby left. So since Declan Shelvy left, and he's been on there with two different writers, um, and kind of working on the working on Moon Knight for a pretty long time. He's been he's been kind of drawing this book with different with different writers, um, and so I you know he before that he just had one other book, uh, and he's kind of on the scene, and now he's like exclusively marvel he's got a contract with marvel i don't think he knows what he's drawing yet or at least they haven't told him what he's drawing yet now that his run on moon knight is over um so let's get into let's get into the story that jeff lemire paints for us here gentlemen that that we've got going on travis when you uh when you open this bad boy actually let me ask you a question before that travis what were you expecting from this so um, I knew – I know I was expecting great writing because uh, Jeff Lemire, you know, one of our favorites here on this podcast. And then I had to make the decision of do I Wikipedia Moon Knight before I read this? Do I – you know uh, – and I said no, I'm not going to because I wanted to see uh, can I – as I'm being exposed to this character who's got a history and I'm aware of but I don't know the backstory, can I jump into this series with Lemire picking it up? And does he throw in enough context for me to get uh, who this character is? And I think the answer to that for me was yes for this story. But um, you know, one of the questions at the end I'm going to ask is, if you're not a previous Moon Knight fan, does this resonate as well with you? Um, with like the Easter eggs they th- with the Easter eggs they throw in there. So I guess Josh, my my answer is, what was I expecting? Um, and I think to a certain degree, what did I get is some really great storytelling, uh, but was unexpectedly surprised by how much I love the art. Cause I had no idea. I had seen no panels of Smallwood before and I opened the book and I'm like, oh yeah, this is right <laughs> up my alley. Uh, so Brent, as you, did you read the series before this? Did you read the Declan Shelby run with, um, Ellis? Yeah. So you you've read this whole arc that builds from Ellis to the in between to this Lemire uh, to this Lemire run the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. I think there's one more issue left in this run. Yeah, yeah. It's just about to wrap up, right? Yeah, I think issue fourteen. So 
let me ask you, as you've read all three parts, was this a was this a good twist in this story? Or did it feel like a complete departure from what you'd read before? It kind of felt it built up to it feels like it built up to this because like when Ellis wrote just wrote the first six issues, it's kind of just kind of one and done stories, which were all excellent. And then it kind of started building up to this. And then when they relaunched it with this number one, I wasn't really knowing what to expect. And then when I opened it, I was like, I got kind of, I'd seen Smallwood. And I knew uh, after Declan Shelby, I was like, ah, Declan Shelby's leaving the book. And I was like, I don't know about this. And I was like, I don't know who this Smallwood is. And then I saw the art and I was like, okay. I was like, so I knew Smallwood was going to bring it. And of course, Bel Air always does a fantastic She's so job. good. And then, of course, like y'all say, like, Lemire, and so I was pretty excited about this series, and I, uh, I think it built up nicely, then, like, it progressed, like, Lemire had me going through this series, and I was like, at one point, I was like, I was kind of getting old, and then at, right at the end of the, the last page, I was like, oh, crap, it just, like, built it right back up. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Brent, you know, as as knowing the backstory and some of the incarnations of Moon Knight, do you think... Lemire's focus in this book, the um, multiple personalities, do you think that's the most interesting angle to take on the Moon Knight character? Like, he, I mean, there's not a lot of battling in this. It's a lot of psychological um, drama. Uh, do you think that that is like the, the – when you think about Moon Knight, do you think that's the most interesting aspect of his character to approach and to, and to blow that up the way that Lemire did? I think uh, I think uh, to kind of answer the question, yes and no. I don't think uh, I think it's an interesting inter- interesting part of Moon Knight. I think a lot of people delve and focus too much on it. And at the beginning, I wasn't too excited about them focusing on oh, Moon Knight's crazy, Moon Knight's crazy. But the way Lemire does it, it's like oh, I can get into this if he writes it this good. So I think it's a two-way thing, man, that I don't like it kind of as the main focus because it's been so much for the past couple of years on Moon Knight. But, man, Lemire does it good, and if he does it good, then it's hard to argue with that. Right. <laughs> and, and Josh, um, let me ask you this. Uh, let's, take a, let's take a look at, um, you know, I think Moon Knight, despite his <laughs> lack of, uh, you know, disguise and being in all white, and I really like his design, but other than that, let's talk about this character, Mark Spector. Um, you know, when you look at, like, superhero alter egos, especially within Marvel, the alter ego seems to be more compelling than the actual superhero. Uh, as far as Peter Parker, we watch the Spider-Man things, but we're like, what's Peter up to? Um, uh, uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, I mean, there's always something very deep and very unique about the character. What you think about Mark Spector, the character, as far as his dimensions in this book, does that make sense? I, yeah, no, I, I think you know, like I, I like the idea of having a superhero, I, or you know, your your character not be um, as so stable, right? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, it's kind of it's an interesting thing to explore, right? Like we, you can look at things like. Batman and to bring it back to this idea that that you know Moon Knight the sort of Batman 
aspect of it if we if we want to if we want to consider that batman bruce wayne is a nut job he is he has no superpowers he has lots of money and he's decided to dress up like a bat right to avenge his parents death there is clearly some psychosis there right but we're not going to delve into that but i think moon knight at least in this story we get to delve into like how crazy do you have to be to go like yeah i'm gonna be a vigilante and it, and it plays with the idea of like if if the idea of like he never actually uh if he's not really this fist of conchu if he's really not Im- imbued with any of this sort of stuff from you know the 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 egyptian temple and and you know the 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 moon god and all of that and he's just nuts right you've got to be crazy to go out at night and beat people up to fight crime, right? There's something weird about that. But we kind of just go, yeah, that's what superheroes do. And we don't explore how kooky that really is. And I kind of enjoyed like the the exploration of like, this guy's crazy. Is he really going out there thinking that, you know, um, he's actually like this is a normal thing, right? That that this is okay, like this is this is what's driving him to do it. Is it insanity that's driving him out to do this? Uh, or not. And, and so I thought that was a fun thing to kind of dive into and look at. Um, I will admit that it was a little like not having a ton of Moon Knight knowledge, right? It was at times kind of, it was tough to like ground myself in anything. Because for me, I'm like, is any of it real? None of it's real, right? Because I, I don't have I don't have all those issues behind me backing up that he's maybe not crazy. I mean, he's crazy, but all this stuff that happened happened because we saw it in comic book pages. And so it's it was a little I didn't have a foundation to read this story on, but I feel I still thought it was a pretty compelling sort of like what the hell's going on thing. And and you can look at that in a bad way, but you can also look at it as like it's really interesting to try to piece together what's real and what's not because we don't know. Brent, he was trying to compare Moon Knight to Batman. Get him. He was in time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It is. It is. It's like you don't know. Like, for example, if you're reading a Wolverine book, like, you expect Wolverine to be portrayed in a certain way. You're like, oh, that's Wolverine. That's Logan. Right? And there are different yeah. takes on it. Some people go, like, super gritty, and some people kind of temper it. Uh, same with Spider-Man. Peter Parker is Peter Parker. But going into it, I didn't know what to look for in Mark Spector. Like, is he normally a sarcastic guy? Is he normally, like, a batshit crazy? Sorry, Brent, I used the word bat. Um, or is he, like, very suave, you know? So one of the things I was missing without previous... Mark Spector Moon Knight knowledge is what's his base personality like and because uh, it just seemed at points it seemed like we were just getting the crate as just like a crazy person uh, and it wasn't like he wasn't particularly charming nor was he particularly like mysterious nor was he particularly uh, jovial or, or anything on that because the overarching psychoness of the book was it kind of overwhelmed that character which which really kind of made me think that this book was kind of a look at that schizophrenic multiple personality idea it's almost like Lemire exploring like how scary that could be when you when you question 
your sanity. At one point, I thought one of the more deeper parts of this book was when Mark Spector's talking to the god, and he goes, is this real or, or am I mad? And the god's like, does it matter if you're mad? Like, you should sink into that. And I started thinking, like, if I was schizophrenic or I had multiple personalities, and you were struggling with it every day, wouldn't it be easier just to fall into it and just be like, shit, if it's not real, it's not real, but I'm going balls deep in it. Yeah, I just I just found that thing. He says, like, does it matter? Does it matter if you're mad? Your, your madness is your gift, Mark. Your madness is what will keep you alive. You need to stop fighting it. Give into it. Let your insanity guide you. Yeah. And when you, when you put a story like this in it's the just, hands of Jeff Lemire, I feel like he's not just going to write a Moon Knight book. He's going he's gonna to, like, I want to say indictment, but he's going to pick a social or, you know, and he's going to ex- pick an issue to explore no matter what character he's doing. And he's just going to use that particular ter- uh, character to explore that issue. And I feel like he's using Moon Knight to get out a lot of his thoughts or feelings or start a conversation about the mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. (laughs) No, I I think you're right. I mean, like it's, it's a story about insanity that just happens to have like moon Knight woven through it. Right. It's kind of this interesting look at it. Um, So, so Brent, let me ask you, um, having read the previous Moon Knight stuff before here, I, I, you know, I'd asked you if it, if it felt like it was going in the right direction or if it felt, you know, it was kind of a, an interesting take on it. Um, <clears throat> did the transition between the book before this and this seem like a real quick switch or not? Like, cause I haven't read anything before this, but this literally starts off with him in the insane asylum. Does the run before this end with him there going there or no? I'm kind of exactly remember how that ended because it's that series more focused on like him as a protector, like protector of the passengers of the night. Like in one issue, uh, he's fighting ghosts, and then another issue, he's fighting some like random sniper, and then one issue, he's just fighting. He goes to save this kidnapped girl, and then it kind of builds. And one issue, he fights a monster under the bed. So. <laughs> But it kind of builds up to this kind of crazy and kind of this kind of shoe, uh, like abandoning him. And it kind of ends, uh, if I remember correctly, it's been a while from that issue ended to where it kind of came to a head at this point. But it doesn't end with him, in a, from what I remember, in the asylum. So I, I always, I kind of like the insane asylum as a device, right? Um I'm trying to what what did I just watch where someone was in oh so Iron Fist or Legion right or Legion right uh, and when he you know there's the a part of Iron Fist they kind of lock him up Legion uses that device great this idea of an insane asylum really great fun show uh, great kind of look at a Marvel character you know at, an, at another Marvel character who's insane you know what I mean um, <clears throat> I always think it's kind of a cool device seven not seven. Yeah. Um, 12 monkeys 12 monkeys yeah 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 right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Brad 12 Pitt, Bruce Willis yeah uh, it today mon- at blockbuster <laughs> what's a blockbuster <laughs> uh so I I really kind of enjoy the mental institution as a device in a story and I really like that at no point can you really tell where this is at because you can't trust yourself 
because you and I think that's kind of one of the most interesting things about this story is you can't trust what Mark is seeing or what word or what we're seeing. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I love it because especially without I, there was nothing to really ground me. So I couldn't trust anything. So I was kind of in the same same dilemma as Mark himself, because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about this backstory. Is this has he been having the you know how real have these images been to him in the past? Has there been any hints that this might not be real before? What's going on? How did he get here? Why is <laughs> why are all his friends here? Uh, you know, and and why is the black woman who's surveyed the diner doesn't seem to notice these things? You know, like well, ooh, she seems very friendly. Maybe she's the one grounded. Side note, guys. Side note, since you brought that up, Josh. Josh yeah. first. What other comic book character would you like to see a story arc where they're in an insane asylum? Oh man, I I would. I, there's probably already been a Batman arc where he's locked up in Arkham, right? There's got to have been. Yeah, but not. I, it it can't have been as not Arkham as. Um, what's the one that um, Neil did? Neil Gaiman do a run on? I don't think so. No, but there was there was like I I think that'd be interesting or. Um, let's see who else would, who else would work in an insane asylum? Um, it almost, I think it'd be interesting to have someone who you wouldn't like a Spider-Man where it's like, you don't, they don't have like that kind of, or at least outwardly that inner turmoil showing, you know? So putting like a, like a smart ass, you know, (laughs) kid in a psych ward. I'm yeah, just try, no, I'm, just trying not, to, I'm just trying to promote for Homecoming, y'all. It's coming out summer 2017. <laughs> you know how I said would... y'all, Brent? Like I'm, 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 I'm starting to seep into it a little bit. This happens. <laughs> I went down to Mississippi one summer, and like within a day, I was like, "All right, I can pump my own." <laughs> so, Brent, what do you think? Which which character would you like to see uh, thrown into an insane asylum for an arc or for a storyline? Uh, let's see. I think I'd like to see, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe Daredevil. Oh, I like okay. that. Oh, well, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. I guess the obvious, <laughs> I guess the obvious choice is Deadpool, right? <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, Deadpool. Deadpool. When in doubt, Deadpool. <laughs> Here's so what. I'm going to, I'm going to change mine. I'm going to change mine. Doctor Strange. Oh, what if what if literally he doesn't have any powers and he's just crazy? Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) And he can't really see magic. And like every time he does something with his hands, people are like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? What is he doing? Like (laughs) in in reality, because he's in a straitjacket, so he's physically bound. He can't twiggle, twinkle his fingers. Oh, that might be good too to play with it like he's not. But I kind of want to play with it like he is crazy. Yeah, it's like every that way. like every storyline, and you do flashbacks of him like trying to do magic, but you see it from the other side, and like someone's like, "Who the hell is this guy? What's he trying to do?" You know, I <laughs> really want to see like Doctor Strange go up to Canada and start like a like a like a nightly TV show. We can call it uh, Doctor Strange Brew. <laughs> that'd be good that'd be good be good stuff i got i you're just you're diving in the deep cuts today that's all i got <laughs> that's all i got 
<laughs> so let's we, we you know we we've kind of talked about Lemire's story here. It gets a little crazy. Um, which one of his companions, guys, did you like? Is one of which, which one of his tag team partners in here? Did you think was kind of the coolest part of like his sort of? Because really, this is a journey about him getting out of the insane asylum, right? So, uh, Brent, which of his compatriots did you think was the most uh, w- was the coolest character that he kind of kind of rode around with? Uh, we're talking about what his the like Crawley and his friends. Yeah, yeah, like who he breaks it out with. I want to say Molly's good for old Frenchie. <laughs> Frenchie was his cab driver, right? Or his dry, his, like his driver. He was the. He was actually. It depends on what story, but he was a, a mercenary with them that uh, piloted, and he piloted the mooncopter. Oh, there we go. <laughs> what did you do? You? I pilot the mooncopter. Moon <laughs> Makes sense. Sh- All right. Fun. So he pilots the mooncopter. All right, I like that. I thought he was kind of he was kind of a cool character, and I just like I just like being able to call someone Frenchy, right? <laughs> I think I think that's always good. Travis, which one of his pals did you did you enjoy? Uh, for pals, I would say probably the uh, I don't remember her name, but the the woman who thinks everything is a diner, because uh, she had some really great quips like around the issue four where they're like out in New York and she's just talking about like she sees everything regular. She's like, you better get on this train, guys. It's about to leave. Or she's, like, you know, there's all this great, like these, these little quips that she gives out. Uh, she, says, hey, she says, "The Overvoid." Isn't that a nightclub on Fifty Third yeah, Street? Yeah, exactly. Like she was, she's like every other page she's throwing out, just like like she's just hanging, hanging in there. Like, what are we doing? What's going on here? <laughs> I like the old guy who sacrifices himself. I, uh, I oh, think, uh, I, Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. You think that I think it, I like Crowley based on Crowley, like the the old cult guy, the British cult guy. Isn't that one? Or is this? I I have no, I have no mind. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you are just diving deep cuts, man. That's that's no, I all think, you I are. I mean, if the character's name is Crowley, and he's this old hippie. Crowley was this old cult leader in the 1960s and 70s. Used to hang out with the Scientology guy all the time. Guys, L. Ron Hubbard. Yes, exactly. So let's put this podcast on hold. I'm gonna go. Let's talk about Crowley. Cults. Crowley. <laughs> I was just teaching about cults in my uh, in my psychology class. If I can continue with our aside, yes. And I kept saying cults, but I was like, I mean, like a like like a satanic cult, not like a horse. Not like, the, like, not like <laughs> the Indianapolis cults. No, like every time I said it, it sounded like cult to me. And the kids like I don't know what was going on, but I had to write it on the board. Like, I'm like, no, like cults. Just <laughs> like they sacrifice me. people, guys. Cults. Cults. Yeah, we get it. We get cults. it, Mr. Buckley. We get it. I know. And then I felt crazy. I felt like my Mark Spector in that moment. Like, do they know that I'm saying cult and not cult? Do you do th- they get what's going on? Do you think in this book, like I didn't know, like Moon Knight was such was so steeped in like uh, Egyptian mythology and like powers. Do you did you think there was like some cultural assimilation? Like I, with all that talk about you know Iron Fist not being yeah, like, not casting him as an Asian guy. As soon as the Egyptian stuff started happening here, I'm like, this is cultural assimilation, y'all. Can we not get an Egyptian <laughs> guy in 2017 to be Moon Knight? And I just feel cultural like cultural appropriation. I feel like the PC police were like, mm, "This is not okay." 
There's all these Egyptian nope. references and not one Egyptian character. We got a French dude. We got no Egyptian. <laughs> I, you know what? I, but that's like everything that came out in the '60s and the '70s was just like, all right, what's something that's not American that we can that's mystical, right? That we can throw this that we can throw this guy into. What can we? And I, I, that, I think that's just a product of like adventure stories from the '40s and '50s that then got co-opted to become comic books in the 60s and 70s like what's something that that white people know nothing about in america that'll seem mystical no matter what we do with it yeah what hasn't been touched <laughs> like uh like 19 like this is this is like some shit they'd come up with in the 1970s the white samoan brent jackson a local surfer goes on a surfing competition in hawaii <laughs> he wipes out on a big wave and is lost on an island where he's found by a pack of wild samoans who teach him their ways and grow him strong until he becomes the white samoan perfect perfect and his Fans power like is... excelsior <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly that's exactly what i think a lot of this is um and i think maybe that's why you play with the insane stuff right it gives it maybe a different angle on it, but it. I found, uh, you know, the story. The story was was kind of. I mean, I it's. I believe it, it's supposed to be hard to follow, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not supposed to be something that you're supposed to get. I am super interested, and I probably will pick up volume two because I want to know what happens, right? I got to finish this this run because it's only fourteen issues. I kind of I got to figure out. I got to know what happened, right? So I'm in for three volumes. I'll check it out. I want to know what's going on. But here's what I want to know, guys. Let's have a Greg Smallwood party and talk about how goddamn amazing his art is in this book. Can we do that? We can do this. We can do this. And how unfortunate his name is. That's got to be tough growing <laughs> up. Right? It can't be good. It can't be good. His, his Twitter name is Savage Smallwood. Oh, so I yeah. I think he gets, he's like, yeah, he's making up for things. <laughs> he's, he's trying. He's trying to own it. He's trying to own it. So let me ask you, Brent. Uh, you had read him before in the Moon Knight issues before this. Um, what do you? What did you? What do you think of his, him as a comic book artist? As a guy who's, uh, you know, critiquing comics and, and and looking at this, what do you think of Smallwood on this? And, uh, I was, like I said, I didn't know who he was until he started writing in the previous arc of Moon Knight, and I thought he was pretty good. And I was like, you know, the art. I've, Obviously, he's following Declan Shelby, so it's kind of a hard follow-up anyways. And I was like, well, this looks good. No, I wasn't super impressed or I wasn't dismayed or anything. And then I picked up this, and I think on this, he completely stepped his game up 100% because this is – he does some crazy, crazy good work with this. The white panels, and usually, like, if you don't see somebody having a background that's kind of white, I think all that – artist is being lazy or he doesn't want to draw but he makes it this pop off the page and the different the flashbacks and everything he does he kind of changes up his style to more scratchy and then just like the way he lays up the panels like i'm looking at this one like when they put them in like they're going to do that shock therapy and it kind of comes down to like almost an exclamation point yeah yeah it builds back up man like this is detail in his work and i mean i was just like super impressed with him on this book like i said i wasn't he wasn't bad or anything on the other book it was good but it just blew me away when i opened up this and i was like wow he's really like stepped his game up on this i i think you're right uh travis 
What did you think of the art on this? You know, I, I really loved it. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, you know, I, I like, and I don't want to call it sketchy because I use that a lot. It's not sketchy um, uh, the, the, way I, the way that I usually describe sketchy and, like, really kind of loose. But there is something, I think this is almost, and this might be some of the coloring. I don't know if you can describe pencil lines as grainy. Does that make sense? Does that mean that's yeah. like the best thing I could do? Yeah. There's this, there's a certain kind of grain and texture just with even in his pencils. I know that has to, a, a lot to do with the coloring that we're putting on it as well. But uh, together they have this. It's got this kind of, you know, like this grittiness and graininess to the pencils that I think really kind of sells the, the, just the absolute depression and depravity of this insane asylum and the character and all the characters are unique distinct there's no confusing confusing characters on the page um especially when everyone's wearing white in this thing you know it's it's clearly that everyone has their distinct facial features even when it comes down to like the eyebrows like eyebrows are different on every characters and, and sketched out differently so I, I, it was, I liked the art. I, I liked the story in this, but I think this is one of, it's very, there's a smaller percentage of the time where I like the art better than the story. Uh, and not saying the story is bad, but I think for me, the standout in this book was the art. You know, I, I think, I think you're right. I, um, I did like the story, but man, I, I'm just been like the entire time we're talking about this. I literally am just like flipping through this book over and over again and just just like, oh, man, there's there's some great stuff in here. And you were talking about like kind of graininess of his pencils and he works fully digital. So this is all fully digital. Well, so whatever I brush take it back. Never mind. This is why no, I don't talk about. <laughs> no, but no, but like it, it looks the texture he's able to create even like even by going digital. Right. He creates like you feel like you could touch the graphite on the paper, right? Like that's that's what it looks like. It looks like it's this real sort of the living art. Speckled. The sh- it's like speckled yeah. shading. Yeah, it is. It is. I really dug the art. And, and Brett, you talked about kind of like the use of white space in here. And then Travis, you talked about how everybody's wearing white and how white is sort of this prevalent color that, that shows up through it, which is. Which is weird, right? but it's not weird because Moon Knight's costume is white. Um, but I thought like the amount of, of like negative space that's used in this thing all the time—it's wonderful. I like I can't explain. Like there are there's like a, a two page uh, like a, a two page spread where it's literally one two three four five six just seven panels three kind of large panels and four very small square panels but there is a ton of white on it but for some reason it like i think all of that negative space just draws you into the story more and it i don't i don't know man he is he's doing some awesome stuff with the layouts in this like you'd said brent there's just really good use of of space and color and i mean that's that color is jordy belair is just magnificent Man, she's good. Yeah, she knows, I wish you could, she knows yeah. when to bring in those b- bright backgrounds and then when to ease up on it. Sometimes, you know, Jordi Belair's, you know, we have those great single-color uh, backgrounds. You have the orange yeah. in the background for, like, four pages, which will bring out the tone of the, that, that story. 
Uh, but here, it she does that a couple of times, but more strategically even than I've seen in the past. Uh, and uh, I thought that was, it was almost like tempering her bell, the bel airness of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, but it's, it is so good. The art on this is so fantastic. I really dug it. And in the last issue, we kind of here's a, here's how I know that uh, I really like um, Greg Smallwood. There's a couple pages of James Stokoe, and I'm like, where? Bring it back. <laughs> bring back Greg Smallwood. And James Stokoe is amazing. He's so good. But then I'm like, oh no, no, no! Bring back, bring back Smallwood. Um, I thought that final issue was kind of cool. How you can see him kind of running through his insanity, right? Oh yeah, that was and, really and, neat. And so you dive. And what y'all thought about that when, like, the art kind of suddenly changes to because you go from, like you were saying, uh, from Smallwood straight to, to Stokoe, and everybody that knows Stokoe as. A, off the wall style. So I was kind of going to ask y'all's opinion, what y'all thought when you turned the page on that. I, you know what? I really, I really liked it. I mean, I think it's, it's jarring and it's supposed to be jarring, right? Cause you're, you're, you're supposed to see, you're seeing this travel as him dealing with it. And then you see him as the playboy, you know, with a much cleaner, uh, comic book art. Then you get the very noir look with, uh, uh Francesco Francavilla, who I love. Man, do I love Francesco Francavilla. Um, and that that was kind of really cool. You know, you see, you see that kind of personality climb out of it. Um, I really thought it was a fun thing to play with. And I'm really, you know, it was a really kind of cool way to do it. But it just let me know how great Smallwood is when you've got those, you've got great artists in here with them. And all I wanted was to get back to his art. Yeah. It's like it's like a like a so rapper good. like a, this rapper comes out as a debut album that you haven't heard of, but then they put like Jay Z and Kanye in there as guest artists, and you're like, that's good, but like I actually like <laughs> I like this no <laughs> this up and comer better than all these heavy hitters. Um, it, yeah, so I, I I agree with you, Josh. I I liked it, and I thought it served the story well. But then part of me is like, okay, two pages is enough. Let's get back. Let's get back. <laughs> it reminded me of like Travis. You and I read the first uh, the first arc of Prophet, um, and and the art changed on that every time they followed a different uh, version of John Prophet, mm-hmm. um, and that happens through the whole series. So literally through that whole out of twenty five issues or whatever it is, every issue would be drawn by someone different when they were following a different Prophet. But near the end of the series, all the stories are intertwining, so there'd be literally panels. That would be drawn by one guy, and then the outside panels would be drawn by someone else. And it's a really, it's a really cool device. And I, I, you know, I really admire sort of the idea of, hey, let's just do something weird and let's really show this multi multiple personality thing by by throwing different artists in there. Well, and also, and I thought it was, oh, go ahead, sorry. And, and I thought it was a really cool way to do it. I, I thought, you know, you'd been playing with this idea the whole time, and then they really kind of, you know pulled the rug out from underneath of us by showing us no this is this is crazy right this is what crazy looks like and i thought it was really brave for an artist to do that sometimes we get an a uh, a fill-in artist on a series right where they just they just have to get an artist to fill in for an issue or two 
Uh, but this was purposely chosen. Like this was done for the story, bring in these artists to do these these little bits. And it, it's it's very brave to be an artist on a series and then to be like, yeah, let me bring in these other artists because you run the risk of showing people what the book could have been, you know, <laughs> if someone yeah. did that. And that's and to bring in those heavy hitters, show what the book would be if they had done it and still come up being the. Uh, no, it's good, but you own this book. Like, your style owns this. Those were great. I love the little vignettes of it, but it's still your book, Smallwood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, guys, let me let me ask y'all. Let me, well, I know, Brent, you've been continuing ask, to read this, what? right? Ask y'all. Ask y'all. Let me ask y'all. y'all. <laughs> Brent, you've continued <laughs> reading this, right? Yeah. So let me ask you, should I continue reading this? Actually, I'm going to tease you a little bit, get a little tickle here. Ooh. <laughs> that you got. So, uh, like how we're talking, how it switches to the art, you're like, oh, man, I want Smallwood back. Well, the next kind of, the next, if you go with the next trade, it's going to play more with the, I won't spoil anything, but it's going to be a lot more of the Stoko, uh, Francovia, and I can't remember the other artist, but it's going to play a lot more with that. And that's kind of part of the series. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. Uh, but like I was saying, like, man, I want to get back to Smallwood. And I kind of at the beginning of the podcast, I said, like, part of the, kind of in the middle of the book, I was like, ah, I'm liking this. I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not, not sure. Then I turned them to the last page. Uh, there's probably, I don't know if it'll be the last page of the trade, uh, the next trade, but I was like, and I was kind of getting tired of it. And the last about 10 pages, I was like, oh, crap, Lemire. Smallwood, you pulled me back in. I was like, I was getting ready to get tired of Moon Knight, and y'all just pulled the rug out from in there again. So I would definitely keep reading this, and it just keeps, for me, it's gotten better and better. Even like I started to get a little like, oh, this is, and then just built back up again. So I would definitely, haven't, obviously, the last issue hadn't come out yet. I think it comes out the 31st, but it's been a good run. So, all right, you've convinced me. I am. I'm gonna order uh, the second trade because I think the second trade's out. Um, so I can. So I can. Because I like. I gotta know if he's crazy, and if it just it, like I, it can end that he's crazy, and I think I'm okay with that. But I kind of gotta know like, um, is is this the real life, or is this just fantasy? You know, it's like, a I got, co- it's like you're caught in a landslide almost. Yeah. Like there's no escape from reality. I just, I, just you know, open your I, eyes, man. <laughs> and I just want Mark Spector to look up to the skies and see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a con shoe. I have no sympathy. So, That's time. So it's I, definitely time for favorite panels now. If Josh is singing. <laughs> it's time for favorite panels. All right. Brent, give us your favorite panel, my man. Oh man, this is, I think like everybody, I think this is going to be, uh, I was, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I like that one. Now, oh, I'm like, well, at least I got multiple choices to see. <laughs> That's why we're letting you go first. So you don't have to pick a second one. <laughs> and I think I'm going to go with uh, my favorite panel, which, uh, it's also my favorite Moon Knight cost. Actually, uh, they just introduced this, the, the kind of suit costume. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They just introduced that, like, in the that Ellis run is when he first introduced it. But kind of when he hasn't worn it, you, you see him pulling on the mask, and he has his back to you. 
And he says, I'm here. And then uh, kind of does a full page. He's kind of tightening up his tie. And it says, we're dealing oh, with yeah, the invasion yeah, yeah, yeah. of a yeah. portal, another dimension, and we're on the clock, people. Let's rock. And then it's kind of Sue's voice, and it says, that's my boy. I think it's just, uh, just the way, obviously, Smallwood uh, draws it and in that costume. Then Belair has kind of the colors, but you can see kind of like the gray marks on it in the background. And then as it's like when he turned out, I was like, oh, it's, I just love that costume on him. But like I said, I could have just like flipped any page and be like, oh, that's my favorite. Pal. Yeah, it's super easy <laughs> to pick. You're like, yeah, this is it. Hi, right, Travis, what's yours? Um, I got to go with, uh, I just narrowed it down to, I'm like, all right, which one would I put on an album cover for <laughs> like a hardcore band? And that's got to be, what's the, uh, um, uh, Conchu? Conchu, right? Yeah. Conchu yeah. on the toilet, all red, <laughs> all, all red walls that have been tagged on with like Hawkeye was here and stuff like these little tiny like things. And he's just sitting there and he's all white and he's super sketched out. And there's these lines, these white lines that just like a kid, you know, coloring outside the lines for the coloring, these white lines coming on there. And he's just sitting there and all monochrome and everything else is just red, just popping out. And I'm like, that's a punk, that's a punk cover right there. That's a vinyl. (laughs) I can see that being a vinyl cover. Fantastic. Fantastic choice. My choice is uh, when he makes his own costume oh, out yeah. of his bed sheets. Uh, and it's the one scene where you see him like he's yelling in. You know, he's, he's yelling in the bedroom and then the guys break in. He's like, didn't we tell you that uh, the um, if you're what are you what the fuck are you screaming about now, Spectre? It's blanked out. And he goes, nothing. I just wanted to get your attention. I wanted oh, yeah. to see your true faces. And like he's got that he's got like the the sheets wrapped around his head, and he put the he put the cape on, and he's all like he's got his his hands wrapped up, ready to go. Uh, that is a great scene. And then I love how like on the next page, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to another page, and the next page is equally as rad because it's this weird full page spread, but there's all these little fight scenes in the middle of it. Oh, yeah, that's good. And earlier in the book, earlier in the book, they say like night night to him. And you're like, oh, that's funny because like night night because he's moon night. But it was spelled, you know, it's spelled night like N I G H T. But this one, he says it back to him, but it's it's K N. I'm like, oh, that's good, too. (laughs) It's just it's there's just so many. You're right. There are just so many things. And then you flip the page again and like he's outside of the building and like there's a giant pyramid and the flying cat dudes. Can I, it's can just I, so many can good I tell things. You something I will say: this gets the number one spot for how a pancake is drawn. There's that pancake <laughs> panel where he's cutting into pancakes, and I'm just yeah. sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, I want pancakes! Like the butter's <laughs> there, and there's so much definition to that pancake, and they're cutting in this perfect little slice. I'm like, oh, I want some goddamn pancakes now. <laughs> I I finished his book this morning at breakfast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um. If we let's just like we we di- we dig the art, but let me tell you what those covers because throughout the throughout the trade they throw the covers in at the beginning of every uh, you know of every issue, and so you get the variant cover and then you flip the page and then it's 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 Smallwood's actual cover. All of his covers are amazing. Holy crap, they are all great. But there's one where he's pulling his own face off oh yeah and it's the moon knight mask Mm. underneath of it uh that wins 
that wins the the five issue cover run right there. That cover is fantastic. Man, is it good. Are you saying yeah, it's up for Comic Exposure's Best Covers of 2017 segment, which we've never done before? Well, since it came out in, like, 2016, I don't think it can. But, yes. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, but it is... It is... Like put up all of his... Uh, he, like, tweeted out, like, all of his covers for Moon Knight. Yeah, I just saw that. I actually just saw that tweet. Like, I was looking at the Eisners, and, like, he wasn't anywhere on the Eisners for best covers. I was like, how does that happen? Uh, because someone is shitty, and they didn't, they, <laughs> like, those cover the man, those covers are so good. Those covers are great. And, in fact, the cover uh, for the trade, uh, you know, the first cover to Moon Knight 1 is amazing, too. Man, is it good. They're, they're just, he's just fantastic. I, I really, really... Whatever he draws next, I'm picking up. There's oh, no, I don't care what I, I don't care what it is. He could be the Smurfs. He could be, yeah, it, man. If he's doing the Smurfs, I'm gonna read the shit out of Smurfs because it is gonna look great. But seriously, the the like, I knew Lemire was good. I knew Bel Air was good, but Greg Smallwood is fantastic, man. His art is great. I just wanna, I just wanna keep looking at it. And flipping through this book like a thousand times because every panel is great. And I'm super disappointed that there's like he doesn't have a bunch of original art that you can go get because he does it all digital. But son of a bitch, it looks good. It looks fantastic. So, Travis, it's that time. Would you, sir, recommend this to anybody? Um, I'm going to do an unprecedented comic exposure. Uh... I passed. I just fi- I, I, I just finished this book last night. It's been a hectic week, and I don't. I haven't had enough time to process it to make a call either way. Because I'm I'm on the verge of really really liking this book, or just thinking that it's like okay. Like I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if who I would give it to. So I need this conversation has actually helped. Like I'm actually like especially with, when talking about the art for the art alone. You could just pick this book up, flip through it on the toilet, and it'd be worth the nine bucks just to look at the the pictures. Uh, but I don't know exactly what type of person I would recommend this to at this point. I'm getting very like uh, courtroom procedure at this point, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I cannot say either way. <laughs> Allegedly, I, if I would. I think uh, let's, let's Brent. You already told me that I need to read it, so you've already recommended it, and. Uh, would you would you recommend this to other comic readers, Brent? What's I mean, what's what's your what's your uh word of the nerd? Throw like if you were gonna give a quick yes or no, you should read this, and here's why. What would it be? Oh, I was actually thinking about that when uh, you asked me to be on the podcast. And I started rereading it, and I was like, I knew I was like, oh, would I recommend this to somebody? And I started rereading it, and I was like, man, it's so good. I was like, but the thing y'all were talking about at the beginning, it has all these characters like Crawley and Frenchie. And if you have no, like, really background of who they are, it kind of makes no, like, to me, being a Moon Knight fan, yeah, I know all these characters. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, whoever. So I say on art alone, I'd be like, hey, you know, somebody that likes comics, I'd be like, man, pick up Moon Knight. You'll get it and stuff. But so I think I'd recommend it to somebody that's already in the comics and kind of knows, like, likes art. But I couldn't recommend it to this. this I couldn't just, like, hand it to, like, 
a friend that never read a comic like, hey, here's Moon Knight. But <laughs> I think I think you're right. I, I think like it'd be a tough one to give to somebody who who's never who's maybe never uh, did like dove into comic books before. Like I don't know a ton about Moon Knight, but I'm forgiving enough because I love comic books that I will I'll read it without knowing a whole lot about it. Um, I think I would like to read the next two volumes, right? And if the next two volumes give me a nice, well-rounded story where at the end of it I can go, I guess I didn't need to know a whole lot about Moon Knight at the beginning, right? I think I might be apt to give someone just the three of them and go, here you go, read this. It's kind of crazy. You may not know what's going on at first, but it'll make sense at the end. I think if I can do that, then I'd totally give it to someone uh, who maybe isn't a big comic book reader. Uh, but holy crap, is it beautiful. So part of me just wants to go, just look at this. Just I just want to put it out on my table and just flip through it and look how wonderful it looks. It's speaking, of, like, uh, speaking of being crazy and not, not, not knowing what's going on till the end, uh, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, people. Uh, we, got a big, <laughs> we, got a, we got a bunch of uh, books coming out this uh, summer. We got a bunch lined up, and then we just have to, Josh and I just have to pick the order to them. Uh, so yeah. well, Josh will tweet them out as we kind of get them in line. And Brent, man, always a pleasure talking to you on the podcast, man. Uh, it's always it's it's uh, he always brings up such like good points where I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? This is a really good book. Uh, and you could check them out at um, NerdWord. It's NerdWord.com, right? Word, 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 word of the Nerd. I, word of the Nerd. I see I keep doing this. I will put it in the show notes. There's going to be like five links, like Word Turd, Turd Word, Nerd Shirt. Turd of the Word. Don't go to that side. Yeah, don't do that one. So uh, you, you can check out Brent Jackson. Uh, he's on Twitter, Brent Jackson 30 uh, You can. Uh, he's got the links there to go check out his his uh, stuff on Word of the Nerd. Uh, I will make sure to, to post some links to it so you guys can find that on the Twitter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a ton of books coming out. I do believe our next book, Travis, is uh, Superman Red Sun. I think is the next one we're reading, buddy. Done. I think that's the one. I think Superman, Red Sun. Uh, we're gonna have some some former guests, some some old timey guests on. We're gonna have uh, uh, friend of the pod, Freddie Freddie Pignon is gonna be on, uh, along with Jeremy Olam on that one. So two two of our uh, two great guests coming back to read a Superman story with us. One that I've never read before, but I you, know, you always see. Uh, you know, Russian Superman and Russian Batman flying around. So I'm interested to, to read this one. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And then we just have a big list, man. We're reading all sorts of stuff. We're going to do the Flintstones this summer. We're going to do uh, How to Talk to Girls at Parties by Neil Gaiman. We're going to do, um, I don't know, man, a ton of stuff. So a bunch of books. I'll tweet them out. You guys will see them. I think I put the list up before. I'll put it up again. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. You can find us on the internets at www.comicexposure.com. We're on the facebook's we're on the instagrams you can find us in all those places uh and don't forget if you listen to this on itunes or any other podcast app go ahead and rate us nicely uh that helps people find the show they get to they get to see us and one last thing ladies and gentlemen the boot crate is up and ready so go ahead go online find the boot crate link i'm gonna be i'm gonna be retweeting the boot crate for about the next week you can retweet, follow us, and retweet that bad boy on Twitter, and you'll be entered to win a box of bootleg comic crap. Like, there's some good stuff in there. Travis, I do believe there's a 90s X-Men toy in this boot crate box. Ooh, can I win it? 
<laughs> you can't win it. You can't win it. So you, uh, you ladies and gentlemen, are going to get one of our boot crates. Uh, we'll throw in some previous uh, books that we've read in it before, some dumb uh, 90s comic book stuff. That's not really dumb. It's great because it's 90s, and there's nothing wrong with 90s comic book stuff. Uh, but you're going to get a box, of, a box of junk delivered to you, some wonderful comic goodness because we love you, and we like that you're listening in. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and Travis, we'll see him next trip.